So chapter 2. I did warn you, it was a very unusual story, didn't I? Good. So dressed in human clothes and walking on their hind legs, the two hyenas slipped into England and began their new life as Fred and Amelia Bold. It wasn't easy. Their tails had to be kept hidden at all times. As a rule, people don't have tails and they were likely to be talked if the bolts were spotted swishing about all over the place. They also discovered they looked far more human-like if they wore hats, as well as clothes. Spot, now Fred, had found a green sun hat in amongst Fred's things, and Sue, now Amelia, made herself a very fetching turban out of Amelia's scarves, which covered her large ears wonderfully. They also realised very quickly that humans don't laugh nearly as much as hyenas, and it didn't do to draw attention to themselves. In fact, an air hostess had told them off on the plane to England for laughing too much when she did a flight safety demonstration. They had to learn to bottle up their laughter until they were safely home, and even then they sometimes had to cover their snouts with a pillow in case the neighbours became suspicious. We mustn't draw attention to ourselves, dear, said Fred. People stare enough as it is. It is true to say that people in Tennington considered them to be an unusual couple, but no one jumped to the conclusion that they were a pair of hyenas, and because they both laughed all day long, people decided they must be a fun couple to be around, and they made friends easily. Children were sometimes a bit harder to trick, but that's because children are often a lot cleverer and more observant than their parents. You've probably noticed that yourself. You'll be on the bus and someone gets on who looks rather very different or has something rather unusual about them. And as they, soon as you say, Mum, why does that man? All the adults around you immediately shout, Shh! It's rude to stare. And they never seem to notice that the people look different. That's what happened to Amelia a few times in the early days. Children would stare at her and tug on the parents' sleeves, but they were quickly told not to point. And before Amelia learned that once she had glasses on and a large-brimmed hat, not even children noticed her snout-like nose and pointy teeth. The hyena's new home at 41 Fairfoot Road was very nice, though, they thought. Aged three-bedroom semi with a pretty garden and a garage with a shiny blue Honda parked inside. It makes our burrow seem very dirty and dingy. Lovely to have windows to look out of, said Amelia when she first arrived. I have a very strong urge to dig a hole in the garden, confessed Fred, biting his lip and pouring the air as if he was digging furiously then and there. So have I, agreed Amelia, but we'd better wait until it gets dark. There was a lot they had to learn, and quickly. Crossing the road, for instance, was tricky at first, a bit like diving out of the way of a charging rhino, they agreed. And shopping was a strange business. It was only by watching how humans behaved that they realised you had to pay for everything. What a nuisance, said Amelia to friend as they wandered around Tesco's. Yeah, he sighed. It's called money, apparently. You keep it in a purse and you can't take the food home until you've queued up at the checkout, swapped it for bits of paper and round pieces of metal. It's all completely bonkers, said Amelia, trying not to laugh too loudly. But this money business was going to be a problem, they realised. They found more bits of paper known as cash in a bedroom drawer, but it wouldn't last forever. I've been reading in a magazine people have things called jobs, announced Amelia one day. Isn't that when you go to the toilet? Asked Fred innocently. Big jobs? <laughs> Shrieked Amelia, no. People go to work in an office or somewhere. This is called their job. Why would they do that? 
Well, then you get given money, kind of in exchange for your trouble so you can get food and clothes. Isn't it silly, said Friend when he finally understood. Well, yes it is, agreed Amelia as she picked up a pile of papers from the kitchen table, but money will help with these. What are they? asked Fred. They're called bills. Bills? Like Bill and Bob? <laughs> Unfortunately not. You know the lovely fresh water we drink out of the tap? Yes, delicious, said Fred. Well, Amelia explained, it isn't free. We have to pay for it. No. Fred was confused. But water falls from the sky. No one owns water, so how come it costs us money? Amelia shook her head. Don't ask me, but here is a bill. And another one for the nice warm radiators and the handy electric light. Everything but everything costs money. She threw the pile of papers in the air and the bills flooded silently down over the two thoughtful hyenas. Eventually, Fred spoke. So what are we going to do? Amelia smiled. Don't worry, we will have to get jobs, that's all. Earn some money. What would you like to be or be? A train driver, answered Fred at once. All aboard, mind the gap, rum, rum. mind the doors. When she had finished laughing, Amelia sighed, no dear, I don't think so. Taxi driver, suggested Fred. He had learned to drive that little Honda on careful exploration trips around Teddington Lock, but he wasn't very good at roundabouts. Uh, maybe not said Amelia, remembering the time Fred had driven straight across the middle of a roundabout instead of going round it. You need to work at something you're good at. There was a bit of silence after that. It wasn't easy. Let's face it, two unemployed hyenas disguised to people. What on earth were they to do? Weeks went by and the money in the purse was soon gone. The pile of bills grew higher and higher. They got so hungry they had to slip into the park after dark and catch a few squirrels to eat. Fred even went down to the bins outside the supermarket and came home with some out-of-date minced beef. But eventually their luck changed. Amelia started selling turbans on the at the stall at the local market, soon branching into unusual hats made of egg boxes and clothes pegs and old birds' nests, which became very popular for the Tennington ladies to wear at weddings. Fred, too, found the perfect job for him, writing the jokes that go inside Christmas crackers. He didn't have to be serious at all, or could laugh all day without anyone minding. So Amelia and Fred became very happy with living their new life. The weather wasn't as hot and stifling as in Africa. People looked sideways at them sometimes, but knew, one knew they were really hyenas, and they, they earned enough money to pay the bills and go shopping. They thought they couldn't be happier until one night after what she thought was a bit of a stomachache brought on by a dodgy burger, Amelia gave birth to twins, or should I say, pups. And the bowls laughed and laughed with joy. Chapter 3. The bold children, a boy and a girl, whom Fred and Amelia decided to call Bobby and Betty, were delighted bundles of furry fun. Of course, their parents loved them dearly, but as babies, the two children did not have a tendency to howl rather than cry. And it took a long time to teach them how to stand on their hind legs. But since, still, once they were in nappies, wearing baby suits and floppy bonnets, no one really noticed any difference. And as Mr. Bold pushed them proudly through the park in their pram, people would stop and say, don't they look like you? And never finish by saying, and you look just like a wild animal. Rather, as people don't say anything about ugly babies, oh, he looks just like a toad, even if they're thinking it. The twins grew up to be happy and boisterous, full of fun and, of course, laughter. 
The boat had big brown eyes and wide, smiling mouths with sharp, white teeth. Betty had darker, wiry hair, which was tied in two small bunches just behind her cute but rather large round ears. Bobby's hair was blonde and speckled and stuck up in tufts on the top of his head. Sometimes when they were playing, rolling around together wrestling, Betty would nip Bobby and he would yelp until Mrs. Bold picked him up and comforted him. But most of the time he was a cheerful little scamp who would tease his sister until she chased him round the house and into the garden. But of course there came a time when Mr. and Mrs. Bold had to tell their children the truth about who they really were. It was difficult for them. How on earth do you break it to a small child that they weren't really a child at all, but a wild animal, a hyena no less? But Betty and Bobby had to be told before they started school because of their tails, which needed to be hidden at all times for obvious reasons. Trust me, a big hairy tail dangling between your legs during a PE lesson would not go unnoticed in most schools. But they are such happy children, said Mrs. Bold sadly. It seems a shame to give them something to worry about. Yes, dear, it does, agreed Mr. Bold, but we must. It all part of growing up and passing as a human being, like learning to cross the road. And not blowing raspberries in public, said Amelia. They can't be seen doing that. So when the twins were old enough for school, their parents decided the moment had arrived and that night, instead of a bedtime story, they announced they were going to have a serious talk with their children. Well, as serious as they could manage. We've got something to tell you, Mr. Bold began, but it's a secret. Mrs. Bold stifled in giggly excitement. Uh, it's like this, Mr. Bold continued. Have you ever noticed that we, as a family, are different from other people? We've got more hair, suggested Betty, stroking her furry arm. Yes, that's part of it, said her father. Other people get cross sometimes, said Bobby. We don't. We just laugh at everything, no matter what. Exactly, said Mr. Bold. I don't know how to be cross, said Mrs. Bold. The very idea of it makes me shriek. She began to laugh hysterically. Please, dear, Mr. Bold said, don't start me off. I'm sorry, darling, do go on. She squeezed her long nose to, keep the, to stop the laughter. Yes, we must tell them. We really must. Tell us what? asked Bobby. First of all, you must both promise that what I'm about to tell you will remain a secret. You can never tell anyone. Do you understand? The children nodded solemnly. And so their parents told them the whole um, almost unbelievable story. They showed them pictures and videos of Africa and all of the wild animals, including hyenas. They revealed the secret that had been hidden for many years. But listen, Betty and Bobby, said Mr. Bold, no one, but no one must ever know we are not really human beings. Do you understand? The twins could tell from their father's unusual stern tone of voice that he meant it. Don't get me wrong, we are hyenas and we're proud of it, but if people found out, we'd be in trouble. The children were shocked, but then Mrs. Bold revealed another secret that she'd discovered during her time in Tennington. At first she thought she was mistaken, but no, the more she looked around her, the more she was convinced that the Bolds were not the only animals living secretly as humans. We animals can spot a fellow animal, my dear, she told the children, but humans have no idea. I don't think they'd like it if we knew just how many animals were pretending to be humans and living close by. Oh no, they wouldn't, interrupted Mr. Bold. They'd be a right carry-on if they ever found out. How many animals are there living as people, asked Mr. Bobby. 
Oh, more than you would think, said Amelia. You see, we've realised that animals have moved in with people all over the place. It's just that no one knows. I'm not one to tell tales, but there are a couple of giraffes living in Richmond, shelf fillers at Waitross, the perfect job for them. She paused to let this fact sink in. Betty's eyes boggled. You're sure? Uh-huh, nodded her mother. Have you ever noticed that some people look a little foxy or owlish or um, hippopotamus-like? Well, that's because they are. Their true animal characteristics are there for all to see, but humans fail to put two and two together. If a footballer runs like a gazelle, then the chances are he is a gazelle. If someone eats like a pig, well, you get what I mean. And she howled with laughter. Most important, said Mr. Bold, serious again. For us and the other secret animals are clothes. Clothes allow us to hide the main fact that we'd be give us away, our tails. Clothes, pants, knickers, trousers, dresses and coats, it was explained, were the bold's best friends. Tails waggled about when they were happy and disappeared when their legs were, there, were nervous or unhappy, which, to be honest, wasn't very often. They had to learn to keep them hidden. The pups seemed to take this new information in their stride. Children are very adaptable, aren't they? With the help of some sturdy underwear and sticky tape, their tails were kept well concealed and they ran around charming everyone they met with their happy personalities. Soon after the serious talk from their parents, their twins started at the local primary school. Their slightly odd appearance was forgotten after a couple of days because they made everyone laugh. Unfortunately, this also got them into all sorts of trouble. Where is your homework? The teacher asked Bobby one day. The dog ate it, he replied. That is a very poor excuse. Well, it's true. I had to smear it with dog food first, but he eventually got it down. Eventually, the twins, although they were always being told off, made plenty of friends at school. They weren't naughty, but silly, of course. And as the years went by, they got a lot noisier, were constantly whooping and chattering, shrieking and laughing. Their best friend, who was a girl called Minnie, who lived above the butcher shop in Tennington High Street, where her father George worked, Minnie was rather tall for her age and wanted to be a famous actress with a zillion Twitter followers when she grew up. She didn't like lessons much and didn't think she'd have much need for maths or reading or writing when she was living in Hollywood, which meant she'd had plenty of time to mess around with the twins and get up to mischief. The twins and Minnie were always being told off, usually for laughing during class. One day, all three of them hooted so loudly during PE when the twins climbed up a rope backwards that their punishment was to stay in class during uh, break time. Now, unfortunately, the twins' fangs had recently started to grow through and that day they both felt an overwhelming urge to chew things, much to Minnie's amusement. So during that boring break time when they should have been writing an essay about how wrong it is to laugh during lessons, they chomped their way through their pencils instead. Having got the taste for it, they couldn't stop. After all, this would have been perfectly natural if they were hyenas growing up in Africa. It wasn't their fault that they were stuck in a school classroom in Tennington. How about chewing the chair legs next? Said Minnie encouragingly. She got used to their funny ways over the years and just thought they were hilarious. The twins were drooling with satisfaction. Delicious, said Bobby, setting to work on the teacher's wooden chair. Tastes like pork scratchings, agreed Betty, spluttering bits of splintered pine all over the floor. You two are so funny, said Minnie, holding her sides with laughter. After a few minutes of a very enjoyable gnawing, the bell rang. Reluctantly, the twins wiped their jaws clean and returned to the seats just in time before the rest of the class returned and the next lesson began. Now then, children, said the teacher, Mrs. Millen, as she sat herself down. Who can spell the word 
But before she could finish the sentence, there was a loud creaking and her chair collapsed, crashing to the ground. Poor Mrs. McMillan landed on her back legs and apart from her big navy blue knickers on show to all the children who couldn't help but snigger. But it was the bold twins who laughed loudest. They were in big trouble once again.